Hello, everyone. Pretty But Weird Episode 3. I am so glad you're here. I am so glad to be here, too. Uh, 100% honest, I've been feeling a little bit of anxiety about recording this episode this week. I don't know why. I'm not talking about anything particularly controversial. I think that probably it has to do a little bit with this is stuff that I've struggled with. So I think that it's probably a little bit of a touchy subject for me. But yeah, we're just going to struggle through this together is, is my point. I... I have been procrastinating doing it. I was supposed to record this on Thursday, and then it was Friday, and now it's Saturday, and now I'm finally doing it. So (laughs) I'm so glad that I'm here. I pushed through. I'm overcoming. We're working through those feelings, and we're going to talk about this together, and everything's going to be fine. Before we jump into today's episode, please, please, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It would help me out so much. I know that I am brand baby new and probably not as high quality as you would like to be listening to, but I can't improve without feedback. So I would love to get feedback from you. I would love to know your name and your face if that's, you know, something that's attached to any account that you comment on. Um, and I would love if you followed me on Instagram. I have um, an Instagram account, Pretty But Weird Pod, where you can follow me and then I can reach you. I can crowdsource answers for upcoming episodes and all the kinds of fun things. So please, 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 let's connect. And like I said, leave me a review because it helps me out. Also, give me good feedback. I love feedback. So, okay, into this episode. Today's episode is called Influencer versus Creator. The reason for that is that when I first uploaded episode one, I sent it to a few people that I trusted, um, one of them being my cousin who's always really insightful. And one thing that she pointed out is that in that episode, I call myself a creator, just a creative person. And she she asked, why don't you call yourself an influencer, like a lifestyle influencer? Because, I mean, really and truly, if you follow me on other platforms, you know, Instagram, YouTube, yeah, that's the kind of content that I'm putting out is lifestyle. And I, you know, that's what I enjoy. Um, I think that there's a lot of ways to share things that are interesting and fun. And I think it's a good way to connect with people because guess what? Everybody has a lifestyle. And um, I know that other people love to see yours and, to, and you know, other people's to get ideas and all kinds of stuff. But really and truly, I've had to think about this. Why don't I call myself an influencer? I think there's a couple reasons why. One of them is less valid than the other one. So I think that's the one that we should tackle first. Influencer has kind of become a dirty word, don't you think? Tell me if I'm wrong. But I feel like calling yourself an influencer is not really a positive thing anymore. Because going back to the beginning, like 10 years ago, before Instagram really started to explode, before it was a part of everyone's life, brands didn't have entire marketing teams dedicated to influencers. They didn't have marketing teams dedicated to regular people running private small businesses, creating content on their own the way that they wanted to. They didn't rely on those people to market their items. They were doing radio commercials, TV commercials, you know, internet ads on Facebook. And the the world's just drastically changed with like Instagram, really. And influencers, of course, are a huge part of that because it's such an important part of marketing teams for brands now. And there's so much money involved, so much money. And it's only expected to grow. Just just so you know, if you're tired of people marketing their lifestyle, um, you better just get off the internet because it's not going away. But it's so fascinating to watch how influencer has become such a dirty word when at the same time, it's such a huge part of every single business's practices for marketing and also a huge part of how you spend your time on the internet, right? We all do it. We all watch influencers and are influenced by them, are we not? So, I mean, why has influencer become a dirty word? I think there's a couple reasons. Um, one that I love to point to is the Instagram account Influencers in the Wild. I follow it. <laughs> sometimes I laugh and sometimes I feel bad because 
it really is just a collection of like videos making fun of people taking pictures in public. And a lot of those people probably don't have big followings and they're trying really hard and they're trying to grow. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I will say sometimes it hits close to home maybe is why I feel bad when I look at it because I live in New York City. Unless I am taking pictures or filming something inside my 585 square foot apartment, I am in public and other people are looking at me. And I have really had to grow a thick skin over the last few years. And I still struggle every single time. Vincent has to hype me up sometimes to go take that picture and get that footage and whatever else. Like it is hard. I get side eyes when I am talking to my camera walking down the street. But guess what? I love doing it. And I love having those clips in my vlogs. And I think that my vlogs would be worse without clips of me out in the city. And it's hard to do. And that's why I do it. Because if everyone was doing it, then it wouldn't be anything that has any potential to create a life for me and Vincent out of. So that's why I do it. And and I overcome the fear and I feel really brave and strong and empowered and it's great. So sometimes it is hard when you know that you're being made fun of behind the scenes constantly because of that. And, you know, you have to you have to really just learn to ignore people. And every, every creator on Instagram and otherwise has talked about that. If they do it in public and if they're out taking pictures, you just have to grow thick skin and not care. But when you know that there's entire Instagram accounts dedicated to making fun of exactly what you're doing, that is hard. And, you know, that makes me not want to label myself that way because then that means I could end up on that account, right? <laughs> the other side of influencer becoming dirty word is definitely how influencers themselves behave. There's so many stories of influencers asking for way more than they deserve and just being real out of control with requests and demands when their influence really doesn't match what they're asking for. One that comes to mind is that like really viral story. I think it was from like Scotland or something, Ireland maybe. I can't remember. Iceland, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere over there um, of a very small creator asking for like a lot, like I think a hotel stay and like restaurant, all this stuff for free in return for promotion. And it's like, no, you know, <laughs> that's not how we do things here. And also, who are you even influencing? No one. So there's a lot of stories like that of people asking for a lot. And I think that that, I mean, doesn't that tell you a lot about how much people want to be influencers, how badly people want to be doing that and have that influence. But the backside of it is, is that there's a ton of work that goes into all this content that you create. And people who are successful, it's because they're putting in 60 to 100 hours a week creating beautiful content for these brands. And that's why they're, they have a following because they're doing and creating things that other people can't do. And it is impressive to look at and it's beautiful to look at. And that's why we follow them. So I think that, you know, a lot of people focusing on what influencers get for free versus what influencers are giving as far as content goes is probably another reason why influencers kind of become a dirty word. So that's, you know, kind of leads into maybe why I don't know if I would consider myself an influencer because I don't know who I'm influencing. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm influencing anyone. My following will show you that there's very few people that I even reach with my content. And it's never really been my focus to influence anyone to do anything. I don't think I have the answers. I think that if people have questions about things, I can tell you what's worked for me, but I don't feel like I influence anyone. And I think that um, the word influencer is has become something that's used to describe what really is a creator. And I think that influencer as a label should really only be used when someone actually has a large amount of influence, right? Just the fact that you're putting out content about things doesn't mean that you're an influencer. You haven't earned it yet. I haven't earned it yet is really what I'm, I'm talking to myself here. <laughs> but everyone who's trying to become 
a full-time creator is now described as an influencer, right? And that's just not the case. Like someone with 2,000 followers might have a small amount of influence, but I wouldn't call them an influencer as a label. I would call them a creator. And that's how I label myself too. I think, so I think there's a difference there between influencer and creator. And I don't think that you can really call yourself an influencer until you've earned it. And I don't think that we should be calling just anybody who takes pictures and posts them frequently an influencer. Because again, unless they're having a lot of influence on someone or a group of people, then that label doesn't make sense. So that's something that I think is a difference also. I, And like I said, my content, I don't think I've ever set out to influence anyone unless it's like to influence you to feel good or laugh. <laughs> Honestly, I don't feel like you know, what I, what I do is influential. I, my goal with like my YouTube, with my Instagram is just to like entertain and inspire, to be relatable and to be vulnerable and to hopefully inspire others to be the same and to do the same and to like go after what they want. And I, I don't think my life is in any way charmed, but I do think that I've had some opportunities that are unusual. I did move to New York City at 18. I did marry a French guy and moved to France um, for a year and a half, which is really magical. Um, I have had some opportunities and a lot of that has had to do with, you know, how I've chosen to think about my life and contemplate what I want and, and go out and do that thing. And so anyway, that's my goal with my content. So I don't feel like that's influential and I don't feel like I ever will be particularly influential. Uh, but I do love to entertain and I do love to inspire. So I think I'll always be a creator. You know, I think that's the difference is that I'm not, I'm not really interested in, getting other people to buy what I'm using or to eat what I'm eating or to wear what I'm wearing. I want to more inspire people to go after their own versions of that. So anyway, I think that's another thing too, is like you really can't consider yourself an influencer until you're actively influencing people. And until then, you're definitely a creator. And that's not to say that influencers aren't creative and creators don't occasionally influence people. But I think if we're going to label things and categorize types of internet content, that is a very important distinction because it also informs how you feel about what other people are doing. And along those lines, I think there's certain platforms that are more geared towards influencers versus creators, right? Like Instagram, I would say, is definitely geared towards influencers. They have built-in shopping mechanisms. They've got a lot of like sponsorship geared posting things that you can do um, when you're on the creative side. You've got like swipe up links on stories after you hit 10K followers, which means they don't even want people sharing links unless you already are an active creative influential person, right? So they have these safeguards in place to only allow creators who are influencing to promote and to share links. And then, you know, they have all these things that make it even easier for people to be influenced, to buy things, et cetera. So I think, you know, Instagram's definitely that. I think Twitter, I would say, is more geared towards influencers also just because it's text-based. It's more just influencing people with ideas and with like little snarky snippets. It's not really a place for people to be freely creative, right? I think that like I said, there's a lot of mixture here, of course, across all these platforms. They, they do both. But um, like I said, I, th I really think influencers thrive on Instagram, whereas like, for instance, um, YouTube might be a place for creators more, I would say. Um, there's a lot more creativity, like raw creativity that thrives on YouTube. Like think about um, think about like Emma Chamberlain. She's incredibly massive, massive, massive. And she's got a $4 million home at 19 years old. And she has all of this opportunity. She like goes to the Louis Vuitton fashion show every year in Paris. Obviously not this year, but usually she does. She's the it girl. And yet, what are her YouTube videos? Her 
sitting in her house, showing mostly just her bedroom and her bathroom and maybe her kitchen, no makeup, chatting to the camera. There's no influence there. She's not trying to influence anyone. She's just trying to relate to people her age. And it works. And people can tell that. And that's why she's huge. If she was doing that on Instagram, she wouldn't be given the time of day. If she had only been posting no makeup, random pictures with little captions on Instagram, she wouldn't have the following she has. YouTube is a place for people to be entertained. And that's where creators thrive. I think that um, TikTok is another version of that. Again, obviously, you can be influenced by what people are doing. I'm influenced by Emma Chamberlain. And obviously, there's a lot of crossover between these things again. But I think that maybe TikTok is another place more for creators. Funny dances, entertaining videos, different things like that. are They're not trying to influence you to buy anything. They might influence you to try doing that thing also. But like, there's no product involved. You know, there's no lifestyle involved. It's just like entertaining content. I think that there's important distinctions between these platforms too and the way that they've you know, kind of steered creators into doing more influencing or doing more raw, you know, entertaining type of creating. And I think that's important to remember that when you're on those platforms also, like not as a creator, just as a consumer. Like, do you feel better, you know, when you are watching or consuming certain content? Or do you feel like you want to go try to buy that thing and you need that certain style to be beautiful or you know what I mean I think about that a lot like Instagram lots of times doesn't make me necessarily feel better and I think that's why I've started spending less time on it I started doing this thing on my Instagram stories on Saturdays I call it solve your problem Saturdays and I literally just have a question box and people can anonymously send in things that they're working through struggling with needing advice or a third-party opinion or whatever on and I'm able to just respond to them in like a real raw kind of unfiltered way and that's been so good for me because it's given me a little more purpose on this platform that I do feel like is so influencer geared. If I'm just scrolling on Instagram, I do find myself feeling influenced. And it's not in a positive way because I don't have money to go buy all the things that I'm looking at. But I want to. I want to. And that's what sucks about it. Whereas on YouTube, you know what? I go on YouTube and I'm just purely entertained. And the cool part is that if you watch all the ads, by the way, you should actually know this. If you're not a creator, you might not know this, but YouTube only counts ad revenue for ads watched for I think more than 30 seconds. Obviously, there's ads that are like five seconds long. Also, I think it's just watching the whole thing in that case. But for long ads, if you're always hitting skip ad, just so you know, if it's a creator that you love, you're not giving them any ad revenue. And I could be wrong about those timeframes. But the gist of it is don't skip ads if you can avoid it. Like if you can sit through the ad, sit through the ad because that's how YouTube creators make money. And you have to sit through it in order for them to make that ad revenue. Like views don't mean anything if everyone is skipping ads. It, it doesn't affect what they make. So just so you know, that is where YouTubers make their money. And it's you giving them something by just sitting through this ad that has nothing to do with their content. And then you enjoy their content and that's it, right? And yeah, they have sponsored stuff occasionally. Like obviously there's probably a lot of sleazy YouTubers. I just don't follow them. <laughs> I follow the really good, honest creator types. So I never go to YouTube and feel worse afterwards. I mostly just feel entertained and inspired and, you know, I learn something new or whatever. So I think that that's a good kind of practice to do is like, how are you being influenced on the platforms that you are spending time consuming content on? And is it influenced for good or is it influenced because you feel like you're not enough and you need to go buy something new to feel better? You know, along that line, I was thinking a lot about like, what influences me? What influences me? Um, What kind of content inspires me to go you know, act on it? What call to actions am I responding to in what people are putting out? And there's some things like I can definitely say that there's different lifestyles of specific influencers that 
really inspire me and that motivate me to work hard and actually to go get off the platform and go create something. (laughs) Um, One in particular I can think of is Ashley Brooke. She has been a New York City influencer for a long time. I I found her on YouTube in 2016 and she's always been a YouTuber, which I love. Um, She puts out vlogs frequently and she used to do more style. I kind of miss some of her style videos, to be honest. Um, I feel like she's done more vlogs uh, as of late and I've missed the really good style tips, but I also know like there's limited tips you can give and she's been doing this for a long time. But anyway, um, when I first found her, she was living in like a studio apartment in the Sky Building in Midtown Manhattan. And over the years, they've moved different places in the city and she's grown and grown and grown. And I love her style and I just find, I find her content inspiring and motivating and influential because she is living a lifestyle that I aspire to. And so for me, it influences me positively because I don't look at her content and feel like, oh, she's so beautiful. You know, she's so successful. I'll never have what she has. No, I look at her because I've been watching her from the beginning and I've seen the growth and I think, wow, I could do this too. If I work as hard as she works because the way that she influences me is with how hard she works, I could have what she has. And that's really exciting to me. And then I go and I feel motivated to go create. So that's like one thing that influences me positively. There's other, a few other creators that I love too that maybe we can have like a whole episode about content creators that I love. I don't know if that would be fun for you, but I love talking about it because it is inspiring to me. Um, there's other things that inspire me like healthy, strong bodies. I love seeing girls share health lifestyle stuff. Um, it's a good reminder to me that people aren't born with beautiful fit toned bodies. You have to work at it really hard and it it motivates me to work on my own instead of just feeling unhappy. If I look in the mirror and I feel unhappy, then I can go change that a little bit, you know, to an extent. And seeing how other people do it helps motivate me to go explore ways that I can be more healthy. So I think that that is good for me. That can be really toxic for a lot of people depending on how you work mentally. So that's something, you know, that works for me that might not be good for you. I also think that confidence and vulnerability are hugely inspirational for me. I'm going to call back again to Emma Chamberlain. I love how real she is in her videos. And she's so young that when I watch her content, I remember what it was like to be 17, 18, 19. I remember it. And I know those feelings. And it's almost like um, reparenting myself a little bit, you know, like that psychological technique where you are the parent for your past child self to heal those, like any trauma wounds that you have. That's what it does for me, honestly, because I feel like as I'm kind of thinking through what advice I would give her, she's working through her own struggles and being inspired by how she's been able to figure it out in this crazy life that she is now in. Um, I find that some of my little wounds from my past are healed a little bit. So that's like something that's really good for me. Obviously, motivational and informative content around, you know, confidence, vulnerability, productivity, motivation, all that kind of stuff is really, really good for me. I love spending time on that because I really do feel inspired and motivated. And I do turn around and use some of those tools that I learn in that content in my life. So that's really good for me too. Notice how nothing that I've mentioned involves purchasing absolutely anything at all. I've talked about working hard. I've talked about finding time to care for my body better. And I've talked about healing past emotional wounds. Um, None of it is products. None of it is products that I can go buy to fix my problems. None of it. Mostly, I don't, tell me if this is you too, because this might also be you. I don't, I don't know that I, oh man, there's like a couple things over the past couple of years that I can remember being influenced by. One of them might be like an ice roller. 
Celeste Thomas on Instagram uses one a lot. I've mentioned her before. She is a skincare influencer type on Instagram. She's awesome. And she ice rolls like morning and night and advocates for it quite a bit. And she shared an ice roller on Amazon that she loves and I bought it and it's great and I use it every day. So that was a, you know, that was a good influencer thing, I guess. I don't think I've ever went out and purchased an item of clothing because I saw it on someone. Um, I occasionally will like watch TV shows or movies that people recommend. I don't know if that counts as a product that I'm purchasing if it's like already on Netflix. But I mean, honestly, look how hard I'm having to think of trying to figure out. <laughs> I I just products don't do it for me. They really don't. Mostly, I just get excited if someone who has a large following is using something that I'm already using. I'm like, hey, I use the same makeup. Hey, you know, I buy from the same places. Like, wow, it makes me, it's like validating for me. Like, I feel like I'm doing something right. But hardly ever have they started using something and I have felt like I needed to go switch what I'm doing to use what they're using, if that makes sense. Um, tell me if that's you too. I feel like that's probably a lot more people than... I even realized like more people than I thought probably do that where it's like, oh, wow, you use the same things. (laughs) There's a difference, I think, between influential content and creative content. And I can honestly say that I'm way more drawn to creative content. And that might not be you, but I don't know why it wouldn't be. I think everyone wants to be entertained and inspired rather than like, you know, told to go buy something. So I think that that's something to notice. Like if someone that you're following is really beautiful or has a really great lifestyle, but what they post and what they share is very influencer-based. Is it a positive influence on you? Would it be better to shift to some creators who are putting out purely creative and entertaining content that doesn't make you feel pressured into buying anything or to changing what you're doing? I think it's worth thinking about. And I've noticed that that's something that I've made a big shift in in the way that I've kind of filtered my Instagram and who I follow and who I've muted and who I've left unmuted. If it doesn't inspire me to live my life fully the way that I want to live it, to fully invest in myself and in my goals and my dreams, to get off my phone and go live in the moment and be comfortable with myself, with my thoughts, if the content doesn't give me permission to do that, then I don't want it. It's not good for me. It influences me in a negative way. So anyway, there you go. There's some things to think about. There's some things that I've been thinking about, and I I think it really has totally shifted. It's, you know, it's so funny. I guess I should share this too. Vincent has had more attachment to his phone than I've had of late. Definitely, he's been overall more productive in our life than I've been overall. Um, He's kind of on a track and he's just going down that path and he's like, he's just trucking along and doing good. But he does still spend a lot of time on his phone. Like kind of going back to, you know, that screen time thing that I was talking about last episode, he hasn't really wanted to dive into that and like examine that and evaluate that and make changes based on that. I think that it's really hard when... You feel like you're working really hard and your phone is like your break time. It's hard to break away from your phone because then you're like, what do I do on my breaks? You know, what do I, how do I relax? And it's taken me several weeks to get to the point where relaxing doesn't immediately mean me swiping open my phone and clicking Instagram or YouTube and like watching something or scrolling. Um, I don't do that anymore. You know what I do is I will like go talk to Vincent or I'll like put on music and just breathe for a minute. (laughs) And that's been something that he's had a little bit of a harder time with, but also he hasn't really had to worry about as much because it hasn't been as much of a negative influence on his life. Like he's still being productive, you know, is my point. But just recently we've had like some really good talks about me just feeling like 
I I want to move in the direction of kind of detaching a little bit more from that and like being able to fully focus on what we're doing and what we're trying to get done. And um, it's been frustrating for me a little bit. Like this probably will resonate with a lot of people who are listening because I think everybody is struggling with this. Like this is not something that is our problem alone. But, you know, like when we're when we're just hanging out, me and him eating dinner, or whatever, we both end up just like on our phones, just scrolling and like not communicating, not talking, not connecting, not interacting. And even like if we're watching a movie, like I can now probably sit through a movie without touching my phone. But Vincent hasn't quite gotten there yet. And it's it's been frustrating for me because I feel like I've been in a different place than him a little bit. But just recently, he started to open up to like recognizing maybe some of the ways that that is a little bit unhealthy. And, you know, he's a guy, so he's not being influenced the same way. But like he does spend a lot of time on Reddit and YouTube and it might not be influencing him to feel bad about himself, but it definitely isn't filling his mind with like things that are really helpful or pertinent to our lives or inspiring or empowering, you know? So that's been like something that we've both started finally to like be on the same page with really detaching like this morning at breakfast he left his phone in the kitchen and we ate together and he made pancakes and it was so nice he woke up and was like what do we want to eat pancakes I was like sure he went and made them he made coffee he brought it out left his phone in the kitchen and we had like a nice talk I put on like some soft just like easygoing jazzy music because it was like 7 a.m so we just had like soft music and we're like we were eating together we had our like mood lighting on in our living room because it was still dark outside it was like so wonderful and we just talked I I don't think we've ever been really good about just talking like while we eat no shows no nothing and we still totally watch like a TV show. Like we've been watching The Office while we eat dinner at night, but we're not also on our phones at the same time. So we can actually communicate, like talk about what's happening in the show and stuff, which is cool. So anyway, I don't think there's really a point to this, except that if I can influence you at all with this episode, it would be to examine that. Take a hard look at like how you're spending your time. And this is going to be really uncomfortable because change is so hard. Habits are like neuron highways in our brain. They're firing and it's just automatic and it's so comfortable. Staying on the highway is a lot easier than building a whole new highway. And that's how we're designed as humans. And we have to battle that constantly with bad habits. And I think it's really, really worth it to do because just in the last several weeks, I feel honestly like a different person. I have so much space in my brain that I just feel like I didn't have before. The thing that I've been doing is just turning on music on my phone all the time so that my music is my cue. If I start scrolling, inevitably a video will come up and that makes my music stop automatically and it usually doesn't start right back up again. It usually stays stopped after I've like turned on a video on my on Instagram or whatever on accident. So my music has been kind of a trigger for me. Like if music's not playing, that means I've been scrolling and I need to stop and I need to turn the music back on, put my phone down, go do something else. And that's been so good for me. First of all, music is very uplifting and is good for our brains. That's like a scientifically proven thing. So me just playing music all the time instead of getting lost in YouTube videos or Instagram scrolling, you know, whatever, um, TikTok videos. That has really just given my brain so much more space and I've been able to do more and do better than I ever have before. I've been in a really long dry spell with content. As a creator, it's been really frustrating to not be growing as quickly as I thought I would. And I know that's just part of it. Like every single creator talks about how slow the start was and how long they had to you know, push through and keep going until they finally had one piece of content that like went viral and then they were fine. So I know that this is kind of just that moment of like, just got to keep moving forward and keep pushing. But I also have really felt like I've been in dry spell with 
being creative and being confident in what I've been creating. And that's because I was getting so lost and being influenced by other people's content instead of having the space to create my own and to not worry about like what other people are putting out. It's, it's hard not to worry about what other people are putting out when you're constantly ingesting it. Um, it's a lot easier not to worry about it. And honestly, you're not going to end up creating this exact same thing as someone else anyway. So don't, you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to be up on what everyone else is doing so that you don't do the same thing. Because what you're doing creatively shouldn't be, you know, the negative space around what other people are doing. It should be just its own thing with its own merit standing on its own. That's something that I have been really excited by is like having the space to just really process things, to really think things through, to brainstorm, truly brainstorm something like creative things that are my own fresh ideas. Doesn't matter if someone else has done it before. It doesn't matter to me because I'll do it differently than them guaranteed because I'm a different person. So I'm just coming up with my own ideas, being excited about them and executing. And that is really exciting. And I think that can filter into a lot of things in your life. Um, I think that plays a lot into like our own personal style with clothes. That is also reflected by like how we decorate our homes and how we eat. And you shouldn't have to be influenced by a bunch of other people for those things. Like it should be a reflection of you and who you are. And if you're spending so much time ingesting other people's content, what you become is a conglomeration, a big mush of all those other people's things instead of it being your own thing with its own merit on its own. So that's not to say that you can't take cues and inspiration from other people. I think that that's perfectly fine. I do that all the time. I have lots of Pinterest boards. But having space away from everyone else has been really helping me. For instance, I'm in the middle of overhauling my closet, which by the way, I will be putting a lot of stuff on Poshmark if anyone's interested. Um, I'll put the link in my Instagram. You can find it there. I, I've really like, I'm sitting here in my bedroom looking at a huge pile of clothes I'm about to post on Poshmark. And these are clothes that I've been holding on to for years. Stuff that is like, you know, that I bought like in college in Utah, took to friends with me and back like it's been with me and I don't wear it anymore, but I hold on to it because I feel like it's a part of me. And I don't th think that I would have had the space to let go of so many things that weren't really serving me anymore without not worrying so much about everyone else and what they were wearing, right? Because part of the fear for me with clothes is just not having enough to have like good diversity in my Instagram feed. And then there's a lot of things that I end up keeping because I feel like I could see my favorite influencers wearing it. So I should keep it because it means that it's cute. <laughs> that's just not true. Like if it doesn't reflect me and it doesn't, if I can't wear it with like at least several other outfits then I probably shouldn't even have it in my closet. Right. But I do because I feel like it, ref it matches what some of my favorite people are doing. It's just, it's all dumb. So I'm trying really hard to break that and to get back to the roots of like who I am and how my style can reflect me. And I'm finding that a lot of what I've been holding on to doesn't reflect me and doesn't serve me and isn't me. All of a sudden, because I've had the space away from other people trying to influence me with their style, I've been able to kind of rediscover my own and reevaluate it and figure out an aesthetic that can work for me long-term and that I'm excited about. So there's a little example of how I've been able to use this in my life if you needed some, you know, some real life examples there. But that's really it for me today, guys. I hope that this was interesting. It's This is just more of a discussion, influencer versus creator, what's the difference and what it means for you and how you can start to be a little more aware of what's out there and what you're consuming. And I hope that this will help you. I hope that this inspires you. I hope that this motivates you. I hope that this makes you want to go be you and nobody else and stop feeling so influenced. Please, again, leave a review if you can. Check me out on Instagram so that we can connect. And I will see you guys next week. Love you so much. Thank you so much. Again, bye.